This is what I've been saying, the three L's, listen, learn, and lead. The advisors that do that are the advisors that are going to win. The value of bespoke advice has never been higher. You're listening to Coindesk's On Purpose with Tyrone Ross. And infrastructure, money movement, security. The wealth management space is not set up to deal with the client of the future. And man, is that an incredible opportunity. A licensed investment advisor and powerful storyteller. Tyrone has a passion for digital assets and their ability to disrupt our current way of life. How do I protect myself? How do I protect my firm? How do I protect my clients? This show is for advisors by advisors. Advise on purpose in the arising realm of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. And now, Tyrone Ross. All right, welcome back to another episode of the On Purpose podcast. I am your host, Tyrone Ross, and I keep on delivering. As promised, I have an elite guest, Rosario Ingarjola from Bosonic. How are you, sir? Good, good, Tyrone. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you. Absolutely. So let's start here, and you can help me remember this. I think the first time we met, it was at Consensus, right? Shout out to Coindesk. And what year was that? Was that 17 or 18? I think that must have been 17. Yeah, It's amazing how much has happened since then. But this has been a long time coming. Excited to get you on. So many exciting things to talk about. But let's start here. Introduce yourself. Introduce Bosonic. And and let's just start there. And I think it's a really good way to focus the conversation after that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm basically been in the crypto space since about mid-2015, which is when I started Bosonic. Prior to that, I was basically building institutional electronic trading platform companies as a founder, um, built a couple of companies that had award-winning platforms that were used by tier one firms like BNY Mellon and Millennium Partners. And then the last one was very FX-focused, institutional FX-focused, used by folks like Canner and EDF Man, things like that. After I started Basonic, basically the genesis of Basonic was looking at what I had done in the FX space where our platform aggregated like 75 different liquidity providers across all the big non-banks and and bank market makers and venues and delivered that to institutional clients. I was looking to do something similar in the crypto space when I exited that company, basically realized you couldn't do it because there was no way to clear and settle all the underlying business. And so that was really became our mission was to use technology to solve a problem that's normally been solved by prime brokerage uh, with very large tier one bank balance sheet. And so Basonic as a company is really thinks of itself now as a decentralized financial markets infrastructure company. And the core value proposition is really around elimination of counterparty credit and settlement risk, uh, which is really the core thing that you get from that tier one bank prime broker relationship. Love it. So one of the things I've been fascinated in, and you've been ranting about what you all have been doing for a long time, and I'm well down the rabbit hole, but I want to bring this home for a lot of the advisors that are listening, because one of the things that I think you were looking to solve right now and it will solve in the future is just, as you can allude to, there's still an infrastructure problem, right? To get institutional capital, wealth managers, asset managers into the space inside, prime brokerage, transfer agents, instant settlement, all these things. There's, there's still a lot of issues and infrastructure issues that I think are keeping a lot of folks out. So let's just start with this. For the advisors listening, and is new to the space and trying to figure out, well, why can I just go to Fidelity and buy Bitcoin? Or why can I just go to Schwab? Or what is so cool about Coinbase or Gemini? What would be your answer to that? 
right now for that advisor that is listening? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think a big issue is that a lot of advisors can't self-custody client assets. So if you think about in a perfect world, they would have neutral, regulated, third-party custodial entities that are the kinds of firms we trust and know and love in the in the TradFi space. And then they'd be able to access essentially a you know best execution and aggregation of liquidity across a range of different exchanges and market makers and do all that without themselves taking any counterparty credit or settlement risk for themselves or on behalf of their clients. And ideally without relying on a counterparty that has a relatively small balance sheet who kind of gives you a little bit of coverage because maybe they're the counterparty and they're the ones taking all those credit risks. The problem is, is that most of the firms, and I would say all of the firms in the digital asset space don't have a big enough balance sheet to do that at scale. So that's the way I would think about it if I'm fiduciary and I'm coming at it from with that lens. So pair that with now, with the beginning stages of how are you looking at that as both Sonic and what are you guys doing to solve some of those pain points? What's really important to understand is that Basonic is not a counterparty and we're not a, we don't take custody of any or touch any client assets ever. So we have technology that we give to custodial entities that allows them to take any asset that they're holding on behalf of a client. So imagine dollars across a bunch of different advisor client accounts and make those assets tradable on our layer two multi-custodial blockchain network so that when the advisor puts a trade on to buy Bitcoin, they're getting Bitcoin against an ag- a truly tradable aggregation of global liquidity across different exchanges and market makers, getting that best price and doing it in a way where it clears and settles in real time at the custodial level without any assets ever being funded on exchanges, without any bilateral credit or bilateral settlement with any of those market makers. So we're not just like hiding the problem. Like a lot of so-called prime brokerage businesses in the space are really playing that role of credit intermediary. And they're really just kind of hiding the problem and they don't have enough balance sheet to cover you if something goes wrong. Right. So if I know anything about my peers and colleagues, right, advisors like the easy button is just logging in somewhere and then putting in my trade. I set it and forget it and I'm gone. So basically what you're saying is, and if both Sonic is hitting critical mass, I think what you all are, and and I know firsthand some of the custodians that you're talking to or working with, an advisor would basically never know you. It's just you're making it easier for them and making sure one of the things that RIAs need is best execution, right? Advisors need best execution. So you're working behind the scenes with the custodians to make sure they can access the best pricing and execution for Bitcoin, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Whether they're as a client facing the custodian or maybe they're facing some other intermediary partner that has a a workflow that is designed to sort of meet their needs in terms of how they manage their business, we're the pipes in the ground. We do all the backend stuff. We do do the liquidity aggregation and do all the connectivity to all the exchanges and market makers. Uh, And obviously we provide all the kit to the custodians. But that's exactly right. They would not necessarily know that we're even in the background providing that service. Got it. And therein lies, again, still the opportunity in the space. I think right now with crypto assets and the whole ecosystem, everything is like right out front for advisors. And it's just like they're seeing how the sausage is made. And I think they kind of want, like, take all of that away and just give us the easy button, which is, again, I think was why they rant and rave about a Bitcoin ETF, which I still think is, we'll get it, but I don't think advisors are needed if this type of infrastructure and issues are solved. So let's go a little bit more into, before we get into like the true, right, Bosonic pitch here and commercial, because I definitely want you to talk about the team and you guys have had a lot of news and everything that you're doing. 
think it'd be good for everyone to hear that because I think it's going to be a very big brand and I think that advisors hear about in the future. Join us at Coindesk's Consensus 2022. The festival for the decentralized world is happening this June 9th through the 12th in Austin, Texas. This is the largest and longest running event showcasing and celebrating all sides of the blockchain, crypto ecosystems, Web3, and the metaverse. It's designed for crypto newbies, investors, entrepreneurs, developers, and creators. Use the code ONPURPOSE15 to get 15% off your pass. Visit coindesk.com forward slash consensus 2022. But let's just talk right now. I'd love to get your opinion on the markets in general. First prong is what excites you? What are you looking at in a space to really excite you? Because a lot has happened since 2017 when we first met. And then the other side of that, where do you feel like there still needs to be a lot of improvement pairing that with obviously the, the regulatory environment that we're, we're in now? So we'd just love to give your take on the overall space, where we are, where you think things are headed and, and what needs to be solved still. Yeah, it's a very uh, wide range of questions there. I, I think the bottom line is, is that I'm most excited about the reality that this is not going away. Crypto assets are here to stay, not just cryptocurrencies, but ultimately, I believe everything's going to be natively digital. You know, we're in all sorts of conversations with traditional financial markets, infrastructure players. Everybody's got a plan around basically tokenizing and digitizing almost any asset you can think of. And it's not like 10 years out. It's going to happen a lot faster than I think people think. There are big, big firms putting lots of resources into solving this and, and coming up with pilots. We're, in, we're involved in a number of conversations where we may end up running pilots with some big financial markets infrastructure players using our kit to uh, sort of accelerate their time to market because it's a hard problem to solve. So I'm super excited about just the reality of where this is all headed and the reality of institutional adoption. I still don't think institutional adoption has even really begun. I think we have mostly your hedge funds and the guys that are sort of way down on the uh, risk curve or way up, depending on your, your, how you want to like to think about it in terms of what they're willing to do. And, and I think the things, the things that have to change are, you know, every, everybody got really used to doing sort of all this buy everything, running everything on credit that's, yeah. un, that's secured by nothing and bilateral settlement and all of this. And we see incredible products like Fireblocks and, and the success that they've had around making it easy for people to more safely sling assets around between exchanges and each other all day, every day, that whole paradigm has to, has to, has to change, right? Because that, that's not really suitable for anybody who's a fiduciary or anybody who's regulated. They don't want to yep. be in that, you know, playing that role. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think you got to solve that with technology. I mean, knowing what I know about the way that banks are thinking about risk in this market, they are, they are definitely not looking at coming in and prime broking and providing a bunch of lot a bunch of leverage in the space for hedge funds and others to speculate on cryptocurrencies. I don't see that. They're trying to de-risk and they're doing less of that even in plain vanilla assets like FX, right? So I don't see that coming um, at scale from a tier one bank anytime in the near future, which means we have to solve it some other way. So I think the things that people in the industry really, if they're institutional, what they really need to look at is the differences between self-custody and using a real custodian the neutrality that you can get from using a real custodian in terms of them being agnostic to your liquidity and your counterparties and things mm -hmm. like that. That's really important. We're working on some really big problems like cross-custodian net settlement. It's one thing to do the calculations and net settle within a single sort of walled garden within a single custodian, but you 
ultimately, if even if you're Fidelity, right, you've got to be able to execute on liquidity on behalf of your clients that may not be at Fidelity. And that means somebody's going to take a credit risk in terms of that exposure until it's fully settled, you know, with finality. And so we're working on taking our layer two multi-custodial private permission blockchain network and interopping that directly with layer one protocols and smart contracts so that we can do the burn and reallocation of the netted quantities on the layer two at the custodial level for the portion that doesn't have to move. And then we can take the residual quantities that physically have to move, buy in the fiat as stable coin and reverse that out after it gets transferred on the other side, stage it all into layer one smart contracts and atomically do a transaction that pushes all the residuals out and does that burn and reallocation. So that that process of taking the risk out of letting two custodians settle with each other on behalf of all of their clients and mass is is a really really important piece of how you scale this you know globally across all these institutions. Yep. So ninety percent of the advisors are listening. Their heads just exploded by what you just said. But it's incredibly exciting for this reason because. I think there was, an, it was a time when uh, Vitalik was just interviewed in and he was talking about this as well, of layer twos being a very important layer here moving forward and having layer twos for settlement, right? And where most assets are in layer ones for something totally different, right? Because of the fees and security and the true de- decentralization, this balance here, the trilemma, if you will, right? of, you know, look no further than Axie Infinity and all these other things in the news, right? The whole decentralization versus security. There's some give and take here. There can't be much give and take when you're dealing with trillions of dollars in the largest institutions in the world, right? It needs to be clear. It needs to be strong. It needs to be secure. So let's dig in, right? As we come in, you know, into the the back half of the interview here, the true Bosonic commercial, like tell us about the team, tell us about what you guys are doing, problems that you're solving. Like, let's really get into it to get advisors to understand that. Because again, I really think as we move to, I think decentralized custody is going to be a thing. I think the largest firms in the space are going to face one another, right? A dynasty facing a beacon point. Everyone has heard me say this forever. Folks that have listened, when you've heard me say that, I was saying that based on conversations that I've had with Rosario and his team. So Rosario, I'll give you the floor. Like, let's hear the true Bosonic commercial about the team where you guys are based. Like, just give it to us. Yeah, absolutely. So been, it's obviously been a big, deep technology build out. So we, we've been building for about six years. We did a sort of a soft launch last year where we ran about 10 plus billion dollars worth of transactions through the pipes to just make sure that everything was working well. We're kind of going into full, full scale up now. We've closed some strategic capital recently and are going into a much bigger capital raise now. We just engaged probably the best fintech investment banker in the world to go out and assist us with that. So we're excited about what that means in terms of scaling up the team. We're about 40 people, offices in San Francisco, New York, and London. We've been really lucky to attract some fantastic people. We have a new chief revenue officer, Jason Naby, who's based in London, who's awesome, working out our whole go-to-market strategy, building out the commercial team. I think there was a press release the other day. We just hired a gentleman named Patty Boyle to head up be global head of clearing and derivatives. He was formerly global head of FX options at Goldman Sachs and then ran Forex Clear for LCH for a number of years after that. So he's working on our whole derivative strategy. Lots and lots more hires coming, a lot of whom I can't name because they're still kind of in their in-between period. But yes, looking to go to probably about 100 people between now and the end of the year. And uh, a lot of it is really around just getting the message out, 
and making sure that people understand the differences. I mean, if I, I think from an advisor perspective, the most important is really protecting your reputation and your clients' assets. You know, and obviously they want that to be easy. Hopefully, we'll be powering a lot of the uh, the various applications and solutions that they're using to actually interface. You know, with the market, our our solutions designed more for institutional hedge fund guys and a lot of API based trading. So we're not going to directly face the advisors most likely, but obviously solving this problem where they they can get best execution across a whole aggregation of liquidity without having to take any kind of any kind of counterparty you know or credit risk or have that hidden in the background and where people can basically keep their assets in their own accounts or their own custodians lots of interesting operational models where clients can have direct custodial accounts i know that's interesting to a lot of advisory firms you know that's really kind of where we're headed that's just scaling up this is the year of the scale up i think one of three sprints as we go from here to hopefully a nice exit yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And I think your team is world-class. I love the idea. I, I'm geeked to see what you guys build. You know, had conversations with you when I was running my own RAA and then when I was at OnRamp and then now looking at building some other things and still seeing the opportunities out there. I just keep coming back to you all, right? It's just going to be a key cog in where I think the space should go. And as you know, as an entrepreneur, when you start out to build something, you go, oh man, this really sucks. I'm going to go fix that. And then you find all these little crappy problems along the way. You're like, we can't really focus on this, but man, that sucked, right? And it's like, if somebody could fix this, you keep those nuggets in your head. And I did that, you know, for the last 19, 20 months at OnRamp. But last thing is this, is there any, I guess, names or entities that you can divulge right now that advisors would be familiar with just to talk about, you know, how entrenched you are in the traditional space? Because I think that'll be good as folks kind of do their Googles on you after this to know if there's any names out there that you had conversations with or you could allude to that would resonate with advisors. I think that'll be really important. Yeah, I think a number of the custodians that we're working with have some sort of play on the advisory side. So if I look at, got to be careful with names here, but uh, let's see, one firm I can mention that I think has some implants both on the institutional side and then ultimately that I think will hit the advisory side and the wealth side. One of our you know, investment partners is Wedbush Securities, which is a quite mm-hmm. big firm. They have a big wealth mm-hmm. management mm-hmm. business. They have the FCM, they have the broker dealers. One of their subsidiaries, uh, FINRA regulated broker dealer is, is just live with us now trading crypto over our platform where they're using us to basically do all the aggregation and eliminate all the risks. So I think that will ultimately find its way into other uh, use cases and workflows within the broader organization. We're hoping to sort of give them an, you know, a way to power an offering as they go out to their wealth business. But that's an example of the kind of firms that we're working with on the daily. Big, big, big. Yeah. And I think it, you know, advisors should pay attention as well when you can announce some of the others, right? Pay attention to it. So with that, let's end here. Where can folks find you on social? Like, is there a newsletter? Like, where can they go to stay up to speed on all things Bosonic as you guys start to scale and evolve? Yeah, we'd love to have uh, everybody follow us on our company page on LinkedIn. We do quite a bit to keep people informed there. Obviously, there's Bisonic.digital. We do quite a bit on Twitter, but definitely reach out. You know, We're very interested in conversations around how to power these businesses where you can kind of future-proof your business and, and not feel like you're bringing all your advisory business to other firms in the crypto space that are likely going to compete with you directly in the near future if they're not already. So we can give you kind of a neutral way to bring together the custody piece and all the liquidity without uh, having us uh, be a competitor with you. We're just technology. 
I can attest to that. <laughs> um, and I'll leave it there. Just definitely, again, want to say thank you for coming on, man. I think the world of your team, I think the world of what you guys are doing, we will definitely continue to collab and connect and do some cool things soon. On our end, just to plug some things here, I'm sure you'll be at Consensus with the rest of us in June 9th through the 12th. Austin, Texas, come on out. Also, Crypto for Advisors newsletter. Advisors, if you haven't signed up for that and you know what's coming next, everybody, nokidhungry.org. Help me, help Bosonic, help us all end child hunger in this country. If you found any value in this episode whatsoever, run over to nokidhungry.org and make a donation. I appreciate you for that. Rosario, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We will do this again soon. I look forward to seeing you at Consensus. Just grateful for you and all the best to you and the team. Appreciate it, Tyrone. Yep, we'll be there. Look forward to seeing you there. And the awesome, too. good stuff. Be well. Thank you. All right, everybody, be well. You've been listening to On Purpose with Tyrone Ross and guest Rosario Ingarjola. Today's show was produced and edited by Michelle Mousseau with additional production support from Eleanor Paul. Our theme song is Walk With Swag. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com subject line on purpose or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.